Hey, 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 welcome to Unplug with Annie. It's me, Annie, and I want to ask you a really important question. What is stopping you from achieving your dreams? Unplug with Annie is all about hope and perseverance, how we can together work against everything that is holding us back from achieving our dreams, even if that thing includes us. I hope that you enjoy all the conversations. Don't forget to follow Unplug with Annie on IG and Facebook, and you can stay updated with everything Unplug on the website www.unplugwithannie.com. I love to say we need to leave everything on the dance floor that is life. I am rooting for you. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Unplug with Annie. Today I have Adiba Akil on the show as part of the series of Courage. Adiba is a self-care and personal development blogger and motivational speaker. Her purpose is to help people embrace who they are, to be more confident and to pursue their passions. As well as living their best life through spreading positivity, she wants to share her personal experiences and advice with people in order to help them achieve these goals. Hey Adiba, welcome to Unplug with Annie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. I think um, it's really great what you're doing and you know you, you have a blog where you talk so much about personal development and self-development and and most importantly self-care which I know that you're super passionate about. So when was that moment for you where you decided that you know this this is the thing that really is exciting for me that I'm passionate about talking about and you know putting out in the world? Yeah so it all started actually when I was in university so I actually managed to move out of my hometown and live in a city which was really nice and then when I was basically studying because I was doing an English degree I was already passionate about writing and then I realized along the way that I just loved giving people advice and helping them with their issues their personal life and helping them really like be the best version of themselves and go after things that were important to them. Them. So I realized I did that a lot on my family and my friends. And then my friends actually suggested for me to maybe start my own YouTube channel or start a blog. But because I was studying at that time, I couldn't dedicate enough time to a YouTube channel. So I thought, okay, let's just start blogging and see where it goes. And then along the way, I took breaks here and there. But then once I did graduate, I realized that, okay, this is something that I definitely want to continue doing. And I think it's just such a nice feeling of just helping people it's something that really like makes me feel so happy and it warms my heart and whenever I get dms from people on instagram saying we loved your blog post or we loved this video or you helped me do this it just makes me feel so so happy and yeah that's literally where it all started and it's still going strong <laughs> amazing I mean these days there's so many different options too right as to how you know we we produce content and decide to put it out there like you said there's youtube and you decided not to take that route um do, do you think it matters what you know what medium one uses to put your i mean you know put your content out there was a way that you, was there a way that you measured it or is there a way that you think it's more effective and um is blogging something which you think 
is is something which you can continue to do for a long amount of time or do you think that there's there needs to be something else or there's a bigger plan you have in your head yeah so i honestly think it depends on the person i mean my friends they say to me you know we could see you being a youtuber and stuff but i think i was more passionately about writing so i feel like if you're someone who loves writing or even if you're someone who loves being in front of the camera then i think you will find the right medium for you so i don't feel like there's a right or a wrong medium because there's so many different platforms out there and there's you know there's so many ways that you can express yourself as well online so i feel like you just really need to find out what, what what works for you having said that i have recently started to post videos on my instagram um which i love because i feel like i have more of a personal connection with my followers and stuff so i feel like you can obviously merge certain platforms together as well so i think just do what works for you and i think in terms of the long run i think blogging um is definitely something that i would carry on but i feel like doing things like releasing videos and you know being in podcasts and doing i also do a lot of motivational speaking i think doing those things on top of blogging I think that's where I'm really going to be able to help more people and reach more people yeah 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 and you you do talk on your blog I mean I was having a look at you know the things that you've written about and you you talk very openly about your own personal struggles as well with mental health and even just you know the idea of self-worth and self-love um and obviously we're as we're recording, we're still very much in a pandemic, even though, you know, vaccines have been administered, we're, we're still in this weird phase where we're not sure when things are going to actually get better. And we can, you know, we can hug and kiss people openly again and, and, and um, not have to worry about it. Is there something that you've particularly struggled with during this whole you know this whole experience from 2020 to, to present day and how have you kind of adapted and then overcome that if, if there's anything you know really specific to what we've just been going through yeah so i think initially when the pandemic first started i thought you know things were going to be okay and i was going to be okay however i ended up suffering from anxiety and depression which i know goes hand in hand because a lot of people suffer with that and basically there was a reason behind that because there was something that i've been trying to achieve for a number of years which i couldn't do and i kept failing on that particular task for years and years. And I was constantly told by people, you know, you can't do this. Everyone has this one thing. Why is it taking you so long? And it was a lot of pressure. And then I completely dismissed all of the accomplishments and stuff that I've done and all, all the ways that I've helped people. And I kept focusing on that one thing. So it was basically, I had highs and lows. So I would be okay one day, but then the next day I would constantly think about this one thing. And I honestly tried so hard to achieve that thing. I still haven't achieved it, but basically, it got to the point where towards September, October time of 2020, it was got, getting a lot worse. So I remember every single day that one thing was always in the back of my mind and I couldn't get through a day like a normal person. And it was starting to affect my confidence. Um, and it, I just felt like because I didn't have this one thing, then, you know, people would look at me in a strange way, you know, they start laughing at me and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it really, really got to me. And then I ended up, you know, reaching out to someone and like, you know, seeking professional help. And it was only through that professional help where I'm able to get a lot better. So now, for example, I'm able to go by each day without thinking about that. 
I've had conversations with, with my parents about it and I've said to them you know this is something that I don't want to continue doing because it's bringing me nothing but pain and it's bringing me down and I don't want to live like this anymore um so ever since I've done that and I've sort of you know like mentally over overcome that situation I feel a lot calmer and a lot better but there are ways that I basically managed to overcome this so the first thing was basically letting go of what has happened and I feel like this is something that's just so hard to deal with but I promise you you can do it um so once I eventually let go of that situation I was honestly able to just wake up and just continue with my day like everybody else and not feeling like there was always something at the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing was also having things to look forward to, which I know is really hard during this lockdown. But what I say on my blog and what I say to people is that you can have things to look forward to even during a pandemic. So I personally treat myself to like a pizza or a dessert every single weekend because it's like, you know, you work hard and that's honestly what keeps me motivated and keeps me going throughout the week. And that, like these little, little rewards and these little, little things is literally what has helped me sort of like, you know, recover from my, you know, anxiety and my depression. And mm -hmm. the third thing, which I speak highly about as well, it's just doing what I love. So I remember when I was dealing with anxiety and depression, I basically stopped doing the things that I loved because I kept thinking that, you know what, I've got this big worry and this is where all my time and energy should go. But I realized that once I was in that mentality and I wasn't doing all these things, it was making me unhappy. It was making me depressed. It was making me even more anxious. And then, like I said, I just switched my mentality and was like, you know what, I'm going to start doing these things because there's so much more to life and there's so much more that could be going for me instead of me dwelling on this one thing. And the fourth and final thing was basically thinking positively, which again, very, very hard to do. But I noticed as human beings, we have to basically trick our mind because yeah. we're naturally inclined and built to think about things in a very negative way. But once you make that shift and you start looking at the positive in every situation, that's what really helps you to recover mentally, spiritually and emotionally. Yeah, yeah. No, I think they're really, really great points. And I know that you go into them in, in your blog as well. Um, to ask you specifically about letting go, because I feel letting go is, is, is it's so crucial, but it's one of those things that, you know, if you give that piece of advice to people, depending on what state they're in, they're just like, right, I know I'm supposed to do that, but what the hell, like, you know, it's not that easy to actually do that. When we think about letting go, if you had to kind of physically describe what that, what that really means, what would you say that is? What, what does that mean? Because I personally see it as when I'm trying to control everything, I've got like my hands on the steering wheel. And when I let go, it actually means that I have to say, whatever the outcome is, I'm going to be okay. Um, what does that look like for you? Yeah, so for me, I feel like this letting go thing is a very strong emotional feeling. And it's something that honestly requires so much mental strength. And it requires a lot of time. Um, and I was that person, like, you know, for example, I would read articles and it would say the same thing, like, oh, just let go. And I was thinking that it's easier said than done. Yeah. But I realized, I think it did take me a lot of time. But once I got to that point, and I did let go, it just became way better for me and the situation in general became way better so what I would suggest is that 
don't go into it really quickly because chances are you are going to bounce back. So it's something that just requires a lot of mental strength. And I think the important thing you need to ask yourself is, do I want to continuously feel, do you want to want to continue feeling like this? Do I want to carry on feeling like this? Or do I actually want to start feeling happy and positive? Because you need to remember that you are the one who's in control. So mm. your thoughts shouldn't control you. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So making a choice and realizing that you have the power to make a choice, which yeah, is a really great point. Um, another thing which I found really interesting that you talk about on your blog is this idea of addiction to, to productivity. And um, I, I feel like I'm a bit like that. Like I know that when my day is productive, I'm far more happier because I feel like, okay, I've done, I've done something worthy. Um, except it kind of gets dangerous when we attach like our self-worth to this idea of how productive we are, right? And and we almost seek validation from it. So the days that we're not, we suddenly feel awful. Um, we suddenly feel like we 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 just we're just not good enough. And we start looking around and start comparing ourselves, and then we just we just like reach the end where we're like in a pit by that point. Um, how did you break the addiction? First of all, how did you recognize that, okay, I have this, this addiction and then how did you actually implement steps to break it? Yeah, so I recognized that I had an addiction it was actually, again, when I finished uni, because I was constantly used to doing work, um, when I had like a lot of long summers off, I remember thinking that why can't I sit still and why can't I relax like everybody else? And I realized that I was constantly looking for things to do. I mean, even though I didn't have no academic work to do, I was looking for things to do around the house to, like you said before, to make yourself feel good and make it feel like you've really accomplished the day. But I realized that it was, I constantly had so much going on in my head as well. And I was like, oh, I just can't relax. And I think it got to the point where I realized actually was whenever I used to go out with my friends as well, it was like I actually couldn't really enjoy myself in the moment with them and in the present because I kept thinking okay I need to go back home I need to do this this and this and I even, it even got to the point where I used to wake up early in the morning to do certain things um, and then my friend said to me you know like what is wrong with you you know like you're not here you're somewhere else and stuff and that was a real wake-up call for me um so that's when I knew that I had a problem I mean even sometimes now I'm still a bit fidgety and I'm still a bit restless but it's something that I've I'm working on but I basically overcame this addiction in a few ways as well so the first thing I did was basically set aside time to be productive which is actually really, you know, it's something that not many people think of, but it's so, so true. So for example, I used to associate non-academic tasks, stuff like cooking and stuff as being productive. And once I realized that that wasn't actually productive, it was something that I enjoyed doing, I just completely canceled that out. So for example, we work five days a week. So I would only set aside Monday to Friday to do my actual work. Um, but then on the weekends, I would do other things. But what I didn't want to get to was get to a point where I only looked forward to the weekends and I lived for the weekends. So instead, what I did was, okay, yeah, I was being productive and I was, you know, doing my actual work, work five days a week. I made sure that I was also doing stuff that I was passionate about as well um, after work, stuff that wasn't really productive, but it was something that made me feel happier. And this in turn made me feel like I wasn't always productive because I was doing other things. 
And the second point was actually saying no, which is something I still struggle with to this day. But I realized that when I actually say no to people and say no to things, I have a lot more time to do the things that I'm passionate about and that I care about. Mm. That was really important, but it's still a work in progress. Um, The third thing, which is quite powerful, is accepting that a day of relaxation could actually benefit me and could recharge me. Because I used to have this mentality of, oh, like, how do people like not do their work and stuff? How do people have a lazy Sunday? To me, that was baffling because I couldn't do it. But then once I realized that, okay, my life right now is just work, 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 work. And if I relax or take a Sunday off, nothing is going to happen. So eventually I started to do that. Sometimes take Saturdays off too, depending on my mood, but it really does recharge me. And I'm way more motivated to continue working hard the following week. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can totally understand that as well. Cause I think, I think for me, for sure, I used to really struggle with saying no, but I think I've definitely got better at it. The more I've kind of, um, yeah focused on my own self-development and realizing how it's actually an act of self-love right because and like you said it's more time for you to do things that you're passionate about and I think sometimes your need to help other people um, I feel like you have to check your motive because sometimes it's not actually about wanting to help them it's about how that act is going to make you feel yeah um, which I think sometimes we miss and that's like a, a key thing to, to, to figuring out. So with, with the, the struggle to say no, if someone, because lots of people struggle to say no, um, and otherwise, you know, they seem to be very strong, you know, willed people, very uh, capable, very confident, um, but yet somewhere there's still that need to want to please people or, maybe not even please, but just not let them down. Um, so what would be like the, the first thing that you would encourage someone to do who is struggling to, to, to say no to people? Okay, this is something which I've struggled with a lot as well. What I would say, what I would say to that person is to basically have a think and ask yourself, will these people actually say yes to everything that I want them to do? Will they ever put me first? Will they ever cancel their plans and spend time with me or do other things together? Nine times out of 10, this is not the case because I was in a situation where at university, I was constantly saying yes to people, you know, and never, I never used to say no. And I realized that actually I was living for other people. I wasn't living for myself. So I think once you recognize and understand that these people won't actually do the same for you, it becomes a lot easier to actually say no. And I think with me as well, I realized that I did have things going on in the background, but I was so afraid, like you mentioned, of disappointing people and stuff that I was constantly saying yes. But I think once you do break that barrier and understand that not everyone's going to be you know as kind as you or as nice as you to keep on saying yes then it will help you definitely say no a lot more often Mm, mm, yeah no I think that's a that's a really good way of thinking about it I think sometimes you try and convince yourself by saying yes they would (laughs) like when you think about like would would they would they do this would they do that and I think you kind of try and you know uh justify it by thinking yeah surely they would but the truth is very different um 
Yeah, you, you also talk about, you know, and I think this is a really important point because for me in 2020, I feel like I learned this very important lesson and I had to let go of certain um, friendship and relationships which were not serving my purpose. And it's not that they were necessarily bad people. It's not necessarily that I would, I you know, that it's a complete cut off and that I wouldn't say hi to them if I saw them, but it was people who I felt are not really there for the right reasons or might have an agenda or might even just not really want the best for me. Um, and I think it's taken me a long time to realize that. And I know that you've been through similar lessons where you you realized it was important to let go of something potentially, you know, I, I hate using this label, but it's, it's true, which is like toxic for us. Um, so speaking about that, that experience for you, was there a specific moment for you where you were just like, oh, it's, it, it's not me, it's, it's them. And because often I feel like we think it's, it's, especially with toxic relationships, you think that you're in the wrong and you start questioning your own capabilities of decision-making, your own self-worth. Um, what was that like for you? Yeah, so I actually had a toxic relationship in my life and it was really hard for me because that person was a family member. And obviously with family members, it's quite hard because you can't, you know, like cut them off completely or you can't continue ignoring them. You know, it's really hard. Um, and that relationship was very, very draining for me mentally and physically because I remember it did start off in high school when I noticed that that person was constantly picking on me and looking for ways to make herself feel better and putting me down. But obviously as a kid in high school, you know, you take it to heart, but then the next day you get on with your day. Um, and then that relationship obviously continued with me during college as well. So when I was studying my A-levels in my second year of college, I was at the lowest point in my life because of that person, because she kept saying to me, you're very incapable, you can't do this, this and this, normal people can do tasks, so why can't you do it? And that really started to get to me and it proper lowered my self-confidence and my self-esteem to the point where I couldn't even go to the shops by myself because I felt like I was going to do something stupid or I was going to make a fool out of myself. And then it got, it just ended up getting worse from there because it, I was at such a delicate age as well. And I remember basically I, all the anger and the frustration that I was feeling, I took that out on my body. So I ended up starving myself. I ended up over-exercising. Um, I remember I was actually a UK size 12 and I went down to a UK size six. You know, my jeans wow. could have hit me because all of the emotions and the stuff that I was feeling, because I was constantly being put down, I got that all out on myself and this developed health problems. So I developed anemia where my nails went blue. I got dizzy spells um, and my family kept saying to me, you know, what is wrong with you? Why are you losing so much weight? My friends were asking me, so people were starting to notice, but I never really got it out because that was a, that was a coping mechanism for me. Mm -hmm. um, and it, yeah, it was just getting really, really bad and stuff. And then at university, a lot of things changed for me because I always mentioned this, you know, it was the best three years of my life because I found, you know, found out who I was. I was in the company of good people who actually lifted me up and tore me down. Um, and then I think this was about two and a half, three years ago now where something awful happened between me and that person. And I just cut off the relationship because it was, it was an ongoing process of verbal abuse, physical abuse, 
emotional abuse and I know, for example, because that person is a family member um, and she's constantly around me, my parents find it really hard because, you know, we don't talk or whatever, but I just put myself forward. And ever since I really cut off that, that toxic relationship, I've mm -hmm. had opportunities to grow, find out who I am, and I've been a lot happier since. So I feel like cutting off toxic relationships is something that we do have to do. Um, so I think if you're in the early stages and you recognize all those signs and stuff, it's going to help you out in the long run and you're able to make a decision a lot earlier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's something I'm really passionate about talking about because essentially it sounds like, you know, this was someone who was actually like a narcissist or is a narcissist. And um, I find that a lot of the times we're just not even educated about this. So even though there are red flags, we don't recognize these red flags. And um, it's very difficult once you're in it to get yourself out of these kind of situations um, because you do actually start questioning yourself. And, you know, you could have been a very um, confident person before, but it, it's a very kind of slow and insidious process, I feel, where you're just slowly broken down. And I know you mentioned you did seek professional help. Would you say that you have been able to completely heal from that the trauma that that created because that can take time depending on how long the abuse continued for right yeah I feel like honestly it's something that I feel like I will never forget in my life and it's something that still you know sits with me through this day um but I think the professional help that I did receive um it really did help me put a lot of things into perspective because that professional actually found out that the reason why I had anxiety and depression and all these issues actually stemmed from that relationship um, however, I think once I started to realize that it wasn't only me who, you know, felt like this about that individual, um, and I noticed that I had cousins and other friends who were saying to me, Adiba, you know what, this person isn't good for you, whatever. That's basically what made me realize that, okay, this is the cutoff point. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I feel like it is something I'm going to definitely remember, but it's a very big life lesson that I've learned not to let people bring me down and you know like tear away my self-esteem and my self-confidence because I realized there was a lot of manipulation involved a lot of emotional physical verbal abuse like I mentioned I feel like no person deserves to go through that which is why that's basically made me become a happier person since and which is why I talk about positivity and self-care and self-development because it's that person never wanted the best for me but I want the best for everyone else yeah yeah, it's amazing what our experiences teach us. I think that's, um, that's what's so wonderful when you're able to kind of step away and, and not carry any hatred necessarily or any bitterness, but just take it for the experience that it was. And at the same time, realize that you don't wish that on other people. And, and you know, you're using it to, you're using your, your lessons to try and empower others. So I think that's really commendable. And it's really great that you're doing that. Um, and clearly you're passionate about doing that as well. So that's, that's the main thing for anyone in that position, though, you know, maybe struggling and maybe recognizing maybe there is this like gut feeling that, you know, maybe this person is not quite, you know, right for me. Maybe I, you know, I'm feeling I always say like, you know, assess how you feel even when you leave the room after being with someone like because I feel like you get a bodily reaction, right? Anxiety kind of plays out in your, whether it's increased heart rate or like you yeah. suddenly feel a bit sweaty or just nervous or- Or you, you know, feel a bit scared when that person enters the room. 
Right, right. But we don't, we're, we're not kind of taught at school to, to recognize that, right? We just, sometimes we, we brush that off and there's certain things we don't talk about, especially if in our family dynamics, things are not openly talked about as well. Um, I think a lot of people just struggle silently. So in terms of anyone who could be out there in a space where they're just second guessing that something might not be quite right, what do you think that first step is that they, they need to do or they, they should do for themselves? So I would say the number one thing, first of all, is to trust your instincts because our instincts are always right. Like you mentioned, when you have that feeling of, you know, someone entering the room and you start to get nervous, your heart starts racing, you start to feel scared and worried. That's when you know that that's something that you need to get out of. And I think the earlier you recognize that, the better it's going to be. And alongside that as well, it's basically to confide in other people. So like I mentioned, what I did was once I confided in my friends and my cousins and I told them what was going on and they were witnessing certain things that's when I realized that actually you know what like I'm not the only one who thinks like this other people think like that so I feel like if other people see what's going on and they agree with you and they notice things as well that maybe you don't notice that's when I think that that is something that's going to really help you and that's a clear sign that you should cut off that relationship yeah yeah no that's a really great point and um yeah i think confiding in people who you trust is really really important and really crucial um yeah no thank you so much for for jumping on and and sharing a little bit about your journey can you tell like for the listeners um uh, if they want to read your blogs and find you where they can do that yeah, of course. So my blog is literally called adibaakeel.online. So it's just my first name, my second name, dot online. Um, you can also find the link on my Instagram page as well. So my Instagram is at adibaakeel. I'm super old school. I just have my first name as learner for everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've got that on my, what else do I have? Oh yeah, I've got a Facebook page as well, which is Adiba blog because my surname was taken. Um, <laughs> You can find me on Facebook, um, Instagram and my blog. And also on my blog, I've got like a contact me section. Mm -hmm. So if you guys honestly need help or need advice or anything like that, or want someone to talk to, you're more than welcome to send me an email or you can just DM me on Instagram and I'll be more than happy to help. Great, great. Well, thank you so much. It was great talking to you. You too. That's it from me today on Unplug with Annie. Until next time, remember you can stay tuned with everything Unplug on www.unplugwithannie.com. I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite quotes from Mandy Hale. You'll learn as you get older that rules are made to be broken. Be bold enough to live life on your terms and never ever apologize for it. Go against the grain, refuse to conform, Take the road less traveled instead of the well-beaten path. Laugh in the face of adversity and leap before you look. Dance as though everybody is watching. March to the beat of your own drummer and stubbornly refuse to fit in.